Kia ora. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Waiheke Radio. This is Island Life. My name's Greg Treadwell, and in the studio this morning, Owen Tanner from the uh, Tukorawai Waiheke, and we've had some problems with Owen's mic this morning, so what I'd like to do is just start from the very beginning so that everybody's with us. If you're still out there, I'm sure, I'm sure you are. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, but what I've got Owen in to talk about today is an overview of the Honoroa Rat Eradication Trial that's just completed. So let me start from the beginning. The Honoroa Rat Trial started from the 1st of May. It went to the 13th of October. It was extended slightly because there were still some signs of rats around. But 1670 bait stations were deployed uh, in a 25 metre by 25 metre grid across, you know, arguably the densest uh, uh, part of, of Waiheke in terms of population and housing and mixed housing and, and holiday housing. Um, after 10 weeks, no bait was being taken, uh, and so monitoring was deployed, and that's what Owen was talking about before. Trail cameras, chew cards and wax blocks so that the rats uh, uh, leave a sign that they're still around. Um, there were a few rat detections made each week, so the original trial was extended by six weeks, and, and during that extension, additional techniques were used to catch these last elusive rats, including scent lures and an alternative bait. Um, so now this trial is over, Owen's come in to tell us uh, you guys carried out a, a huge number of bait station services. How many? Over 40,000. 40,000? 40, 40, and that means indeed. cleaning the station? Yep. So it's, because um, if, it's, if it becomes mucky, and I find this with my own bait stations on my property, if it becomes mucky, it's less effective. 100%. Um, again, it's something to be said for what we were talking about with 90% of the rats taking 10% of the work and then yeah. the last 10% of the rats taking 90% of the work. Yeah. 90% of rats will go into a bait station, you know, somewhat regardless of the condition. Yeah. Um, whereas the 10% of the rats, those final 10% who are fussy, um, will not go in if it's dirty, will not fussy? go in if it's why, why is one rat fussier than another? Uh, well, the ones that were fussy stayed alive slightly longer than the ones who weren't. So, uh, I, <laughs> so guess, I a, guess it makes sense for them. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a, almost a Darwinian. Yeah, thing. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an evolutionary thing. And as I said, they they are the survival of the fittest. Somewhat, they will be the fittest. And it's, yeah. it's those yeah. those individuals yeah. that we have we've got to really uh, target in that in that last kind of moppet phase as I was talking about. Yeah. And that's when you've got to uh, really implement these alternative measures to try and account for the individual differences and preferences of these these last fussy individuals and as i said that goes from cleaning bait stations to, to weeding bait stations to making sure that the bait itself is in in the best possible condition making sure that you're orientating the bait station when you deploy it in the best uh, way to to make sure that water drains through it and doesn't pool in it that's a problem isn't it 100 percent. the pooling water we had one outside not undercover uh, and it filled with water and yep. the bait went mucky and it obviously wasn't attracting anything. Yeah, and you've also, it's amazing, um, there's been some amazing contractors and also um, kind of community groups that have been doing awesome bait work on this island for a long time and um, speaking like, to some of the like contractors. Like Rocky Bay Rackbusters. Like Rocky Bay Rackbusters, exactly, yeah. and like, you know, Wahiki Road Services and those guys. Yeah. And speaking to, to the guys at WRS, they were saying, and it's, you know, the same thing we've experienced is that they'll have a bait station set up in a garden somewhere yeah. and they'll get no bait taken from it. Yeah. They'll move it five metres away to a slightly different kind of microhabitat, whether that's in a bush or yeah. next to a fence line, so they like to follow linear structures, and they'll move a, a bait station five metres and it'll go from being empty or go from being no interaction whatsoever to getting completely cleared out. Munched up. Absolutely. I, I, I've, I've experienced that. Yeah. Exactly that. Move it back just under the house. My aim was to keep it dry, but when you talk about linear structures and how they follow, how they how they aim their trajectory along straight lines and things, yeah. that, 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 that's, um, that yeah. makes perfect sense. 
Um, so Te Korowai, of course, funded largely by Predator Free New Zealand um, with an intention of creating Waiheke as the first urban island in the world to be Predator Free. That's an incredible ambition. Um, I, I'd like to come back to the, the Onero, um trial and, and ask you what you learned about that, Owen, uh, about you know, what you've learned in the trial. But first of all, if we were to become the first... Well, first of all, are you, as I think I am, seeing uh, a flourishing of bird life on the island? Yeah, 100%, especially some of those key indicator species, Kaka being, being the big one. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, I've been on this island nearly seven years now, and it took me maybe four, five years to see my first kaka, maybe four years. Yeah. Um, and now they fly over my house every single night, you know. We've know. just we've just Bloody been uh, annoying, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I love you can them. You can have your cake, I love, I love them. I love but, um, them. No, no we, I love um, the noise. We just had conducted our, our great uh, kaka account, which we do mm. um, each November. It's a kind of citizen science project that, um, you know, you see a kaka, you register it on our website, you say where you saw it or heard it, how many, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we had over 650 submissions this year to our great kaka account, which is over twice what we had last year. Wow, um, so, so that's again, exponential. Just, just anecdotally, you know it's, it's not necessarily to say that you know obviously it could be more people reporting or engaged um, but you know anyone who's been on Waiheke over the last few years can see this the, the yeah. huge increase in car is, yeah. and that we, we've seen over uh, prior to this year's great Kaka count which I think will you know be even more mm. um, but we'd seen a 300% increase over the last few years already and um, they're fabulous yeah, birds they're so incredible. curious they come yeah. I'm, I'm actually had a couple respond to my whistling and they come down to the tree and sit and chat with you for a while um, quite extraordinary really um, yeah. and and uh, yeah so so if we were to become the first urban island on the planet on the planet you know, that would be an extraordinary achievement, wouldn't it? Is it still in Takotawai's sights that this is possible? 100%. This is what we're aiming for. Um, but it's very important to say this is why we are conducting these trials as opposed to just moving forward with yeah. an eradication is because this is the most complex, challenging environment that uh, an island-wide rat eradication would have ever been conducted in. And there are environments here in which it's never been done, and we need to um, address and confirm that we can remove rats from these environments before we're willing to, to, to go ahead and do it across the island. It's not necessarily a, an exercise of ego where we just want to go and, and do it, and we think that, you know, we can go about and do what we... Um, it has to be done science. It has to be done right? science, and that's, that's what I was going to say. This, this truly is, people have this image of science as, you know, men and women in white lab coats in sterile environments under the bright lights, you know, but Wahiki truly is at the forefront of, of, of global eradication science here, and it's it's really, really incredible. And it's not just Tokorawai or Wahiki doing this. As I said, the, the groups who have been doing control for years have been incredibly supportive of us, um, but also the... The wider community, you know, we can't conduct the work that we're hoping to conduct without the support of the community. And, and there is an ethos, so there's a conservation ethos on this 100%, island. It'd be it's tragic amazing. if there wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes, individual property owners. Yeah, for sure. So can I ask you, um, uh, you know, the Onoroa context is a complex one with restaurants, um, holiday homes, de uh, reasonably, I mean, not like Auckland dense, but reasonably dense. Not far off a not lot far of off the suburbs, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe not CBD dense, but... Um, yeah, right. Yeah. And and um, uh, uh, and that seems to be the really complex and difficult challenge, whereas the more rural areas, we kind of know a bit more about how to manage predators. Yeah, yeah. Can um, we get from those rural areas right to the coast? Can we... Can we do we can we hope to eradicate rats from the rocks? Hundred percent. So when we talk about eradication on Waikiki, that word is only used 
to describe a situation where we move every single rat from yeah. every single environment across the island. There is no, um, you know, Onoroa eradication or no, um, you know, Eastern End eradication. because <laughs> no, we've built the causeway, right? They just walk across. Exactly. <laughs> there, is, there is a Waiheke eradication or there is no eradication, you know, yeah. in terms of the island. Otherwise, it's, it's just control and it's really important yeah. to... We want to push beyond control, don't exactly. we? Exactly. I mean, the thing with control is that there are amazing ecological outcomes that you can, you can get from control. And again, the work that the control groups have been doing around the island is in valuable and incredible um, well but, in, but indeed the, the growth of bird life already i mean we have not eradicated anything yet yeah even stoats they think there's one or two left so a couple floating around we think but, yeah. but the big thing is that with with control it's the the activities that you're undertaking are indefinite um the costs that you're contributing to to acting uh, and um, implementing these control measures goes on forever yeah um so although eradication is expensive and you'd have to use a lot of baits whatever you just do it once and then you never have to do it again so there will be no hopefully. more bait going into the hopefully exactly no more bait going into the environment you have to spend the money on the baits all this yeah. money can be used for um you know active conservation of the i really, species I really don't here. want to get ahead of ourselves here but if we were successful in eradication how could we stop re reinfestation um so there will be a full biosecurity plan in place prior to even conducting eradication we won't conduct an eradication without a biosecurity plan in place um biosecurity obviously meaning the prevention of um you know new arriving individuals um so yes, that will they, be yeah they can drift too can't they on they I can drift know. too but the, the, we're fortunate on my hickey that um We'll have two sides. We'll have the biosecurity on the island, and we'll yeah. have the biosecurity off island as well. So, for example, in Auckland, um, you know, at Halfing Bay, and at, um, checking houses. Uh, well, checking boats. Do you know what I mean? So, boats. Auckland, Auckland's uh, council will be responsible for for the biosecurity on the Auckland sides. There'll mm. be, you know, dogs um, on boats. They'll be checking any kind of industrial waste or anything. Well, not waste. You know, anything that's going over for the materials for building houses and that kind of stuff. Um, so, the boats commercially will be monitored that way. Um, Obviously, there is. People always talk about the risk of, of swimmers. You know, um, we're very fortunate. We've got quite a strategic spot in the Hauraki Gulf here, um, where we're already surrounded by predator-free islands, um, who already have existing biosecurity plans um, in place. Um, so that's that's a good point, isn't well, it? Well, it means that uh, a rat wouldn't be able to swim the the distance to come directly to Waikiki. It would have to do what we call island hop, swim to an island, swim to another island, a bit by bit, get closer and closer to Waikiki. But as I said, it would have to go through multiple predator-free islands, yeah. avoiding existing biosecurity networks that are in place yeah. um, multiple times not before getting to Waiheke. Not to know? mention 9,500 Waiheke locals keeping their eyes Precisely. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, they're the, the best monitoring tool that we have. It's what we found with the stoats as well. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, I think between 60 and 70% of our stoat catches last year came from a, a community sighting report. You know? So, um, yeah. again, it once, once again goes to um, the Waiheke community being at the forefront of this science you know every time um, a Waiheke resident reports a stoat or um, reports a rat or has a discussion with us regarding the rat activity on their property they are being they are conducting the science then and, and they are the scientists so um, yeah. yeah it's 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 amazing to have a supportive community behind us and mm. an engaged community and mm. yeah um, it's yeah it goes to show that perhaps despite <coughs> some of the demographic changes over the years the island still has that depth of environmental ethos 100% well we um, as I said, one of the big challenges for us with the Honoroa trial was actually nothing to do with the rats. It was, as I said, trying to ensure that we had the level of permission that we needed to operate on the level that we needed to. Because mm. when we have a 25 by 25 metre grid of bait stations, that's 16 bait stations per hectare, you need pretty much 
coverage everywhere. If, if a couple of landowners say no and there's a gap in that network, then that could be the size of a rat home range, and therefore that rat might not ever see a bait station. So therefore we needed to have, we were hoping to get 95% permission from, from uh, the residents of Onoroa, whether that's, um, or, you know, the, the businesses of Onoroa. Mm. Um, that was kind of what we were really hoping to achieve. Um, we had this in the trial area, there were 697 properties, and we got, I think, 670, say, yeah, <gasps> give us permission. So that's 96.7% uh, permission. Um, that's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, so, again, it was just indicative. And, you know, I understand people, there's no problem with people... I understand people not wanting to give permission and why they won't, and that's not a, a, a problem, you know. But it was it's amazing to see the, the level of support they actually had, you know. How many did? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was more than we we'd hoped for. There's a level of trust, There's yeah, exactly, and, and trust, but also um, desire. Yeah, desire to be part 100%, of this. 100%. So let's go back to the key learnings that you did get from the Honoro trial. Um, sorry, learnings is like something an all black would say. Um, uh, the 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 key things that you you learned from the Honoro trial, and I guess there were three key questions you were aiming to answer so i'll just ask you those questions tell me what you found out can bait stations be used to remove all rats from a complex area that includes hospitality and holiday homes uh yes we mm. think so it yeah. definitely seems that way as i said this year was uh, a bit more challenging than the the ostend trial where we did manage to remove rats seemingly to zero within seven or eight weeks we did see a tail of activity this year um, that we didn't experience last year which is why we chose to extend the trial um we got rats down to very low numbers very quickly. I said within four or five weeks, we had bait take down to, you know, minimal amount of bait take. We were at, within, within five weeks, we had bait down to less less than 1% of what it was in the first week. That, that, I mean, that's incredible. It just shows how doable it is in terms of the time frame. Yeah. That actually when you, uh, it sounds a bit cruel, but when you attack in, in a mass sense, then the results are quick. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the results for the bird life are quick. Yeah. Definitely. Um, as, as we said, though, it's that 90% of effort for 10% of the, the rats mm, kind of yeah. thing, because although you're only at 1% bait take, those rats that are still around are, are the ones that are resilient. And that's where, uh, you know, the true value of our findings this year came in um, with the trial extension. Because once again, when I was talking about Wahiki being at the forefront of, you know, international science here, when we had concluded the 18 weeks of the 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 plan the trial that was planned and we still knew that we had very few numbers of rats left low density rats we suddenly found ourselves in a very unique situation where we had a low uh low density population of urban rats and it's already been well documented that at low density rats start to behave differently their home ranges increase massively they're they're looking for a mate they're no looking pressure for from the each food other. Mm. exactly um they they uh, they've been released as i said from the pressure of each other so their home ranges increase their behavior changes um and it's it's it becomes quite challenging and the tools that you the tools that work all of a sudden for high population rats don't work at low population rats and we had a, a really unique opportunity to conduct novel research on mm. a, a population of as i said low density urban rats that had never been done before mm. um so that's when we did try to implement new measures to see exactly what we could use to increase the attractiveness attractiveness of our bait and bait stations to mm. these last individuals mm. um which is more than likely not how it would also work in an eradication as i said you have what's called a knockdown phase when you get rid of that 90 percent of the rats with 10 percent of the effort in five weeks you know i'm saying five weeks here because that's what it was in this trial it's but it's a short 
term. Yeah. It's a short time. But then you have the mop-up phase, which is the, the you know, the, the the looking for the individuals, mm. that 90% effort yeah. for the 10%. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get them, then they rebound quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, question two. Will all sectors of the community support the project? It seems well, so. 96.7%. Yeah. yeah. And that came, you know, that came from... Um, the the businesses, restaurants, shops um, that also came from you know the residents and that came from the you know the residents who'd been here in their batch that they built since the 1950s and it also came from the residents that have you know now built their multi million dollar homes uh, up on the hill you know yep. um, and the same level of engagement the same level of support are pretty much unanimously uh, unanimously across yeah, mm. um, yeah across the community which was absolutely incredible. And I guess this answers then the third question you were seeking to answer in this trial, which was, can you get all the permits and and consents, and do you have the support of the people, which you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's always hoops to jump, th- jump through, you know, there's always... Well, there probably should be if you're deploying poison in the, in the public that's arena. What, that's what I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, sometimes it can be a, a frustration, but in, in this case, you know, absolutely, I'm willing to jump through every hoop that I have to in order to ensure that we're operating as, as, as safely and reasonably as we can, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, we, do we... I know that you have to deploy the methods that work, but do we prefer traps to poison for environmental reasons? Um... Yes, some, I mean, as I said, pros and cons for both. Uh, the reality is, is that the 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 bait that we're using is, um, when used in the way that we're using it, pretty safe, mm. pretty environmentally secure. The mm. the poison that we use doesn't really migrate into the environment in much. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't it? it doesn't so when a rat dies, having been killed by it and rots into the ground, that's where yeah. people think that poison's just it's, being returned to yeah, the environment. Yeah, it's it doesn't not. necessarily. So the poison we use has been trials to show that if you let a, a block break down you mm. just leave it on a you know on a bit of soil in out in the ground out in the wild mm. and let it break down and observe that it takes about 100 days and then if you test the soil directly underneath there's uh, pretty close to undetectable levels of the actual poison itself in the soil oh, that's uh, really the same with um waterways they have conducted you know mm. island-wide eradications where they've you know used uh, aerial applications of of bait and afterwards, they've done, you know, waterway sampling and they found no evidence of the, the, the toxin in the waterways either. Mm. Um, so in terms of actual uh, migration into the kind of environment, then, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Mm. Um, but as I said, the thing with traps, it, w- it would be great to use traps, but they've been demonstrated to not be... I you can't remove know. every single individual. You can remove rats to very low levels, as I said, control, which is amazing. Um, but we weren't able to find that we were, were able to remove every single last rat, which is ultimately what eradication and, is and and also and I, th- I think there's something on your website that points to this as well um in terms of your average citizen dealing with poison rather than live rats in a trap or even a dead body is is a lot more i mean people are going to be more i'm not saying people would be unwilling but i know people who couldn't deal with a live yeah, rat i mean in a this trap. uh as i said i completely understand both mm. elements of people's um potential resistance to both traps and poison you know i i understand the issues potential perceived issues with with both and there'll be some people who won't want to deal with a dead rat in a trap and there are some people who won't want to deal with with necessarily you know bait from, from bait so stations. are they all dead in the trap or are some of them live traps? no uh for rats all all kill traps they're all, all kill. Oh, they're, okay. they're, victor, they're called victor professional traps and they're yeah. um, they're the, the so in, you're not dealing standards. with a live rat you don't know no, no to... you should have to deal with live rats right no. okay even right. i as, as a vermin trap checker have never had to deal with a, a live rat which yeah, is right. which is good i like those gas-powered 
yeah. um, thumpers. Yeah. Um, the good nature traps. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, if, if listeners aren't familiar with them, are um, self-reloading. So, you, you know, I, I, I presume if there's a pile of dead rats under them, the rats are a little more reluctant to come. But, but uh, They um, tend to get cleared out pretty quickly but by they get nature scavengers, out. essentially. Right, and scavengers, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah right, um, yeah. Um, okay, so l- l- uh, before we wrap it up, tell us what's next for the, the wider eradication, predator eradication? Because you've done trials in using different methods and different densities, Oneiroa, Ostend, Kennedy Point, and Rocky Bay. Yep. So what now? So there will be uh, another set of trials next year. Um, as I said, from last year's trial in Ostend to um, finding that our system of bait stations was effective uh, of removing rats from kind of that industrial mangrove commercial environment to testing that in a really complex residential environment this year. Um, we want to, and finding that we were, we experienced a tail of activity that we didn't previously experience yeah. and implementing the um, new measures in our trial extension. We want to try and confirm those measures that we found to be effective in our trial extension, um, but implement them as part of our initial plan into a, another high-density kind of residential trial um, would be the plan. And Do you know where that might be? Um, I don't want to speculate at the moment. No, I'm in, sure, the, sure. in, the, yeah. in the process of, of planning. Uh, yeah, we sure. have a, a technical advisory group. Uh, we're, we're very fo- very fortunate to have a group of um, absolute experts in, in the field. Yeah. And I am uh, going to be presenting my kind of potential trial plans for them next week yeah um, so let's not jump the gun so let's so yeah don't want to jump the, the gun before that but um we will know probably by the end of the year where it's going to be and then we'll be moving on to that permissions process in january so come january um yeah we'll we'll know where we're at with, with that trial for sure So another year of trials as you work out the finer details yeah. of of uh, potential issues and and so you're sort of trying to get everything in place before yeah. then we've essentially got funding until you know 2025 to, to conduct trials yeah. um, we want to try and garner as much information from those trials as we possibly can yeah um, and then after that it will come to uh, the writing of a, an eradication plan and a submission of an, an application yeah. um, if we then think we are in a position to do so. It's one of those things, as I said, we yeah, will well, proceed. Well, trials are trials. You yeah. can't promise before said, the trial results. Cur- currently, Wahiki is, 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 you know, the is the science, um, yeah. which is which is super, super cool. We're currently not conducting rat eradications on Wahiki. We're conducting world-leading science on Wahiki, which is... Um, directly feeds into the eradication effort on Waiheke, you know. Yeah. So we're running world-leading science here that is specific to Waiheke, which yeah. is... which is. I mean, the learnings can be extrapolated to, to you know, other places around, uh, around New Zealand for a start and around the world, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, our, you know, our findings and our learnings will benefit, you know, these projects around the world. However, as we found... That's why we're in order to. It's why we're conducting trials on Waiheke and not somewhere else before conducting eradication on Waiheke because yeah. rats act differently, different places. It's very uh, lo- lo- each different environment is specific. Yeah, exactly, yeah, you know, because yeah. um, that's around food source, transport. You know how they get from place to place. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be as as varied as yeah, any animal. 100%. Well, it just yeah. goes to show, as I said, in Ostend, we were able to remove rats completely last year within seven weeks. Yeah. In Waiheke this year, doing uh, sorry on in Onaroa this year doing pretty much the same methodology it took us 25 weeks you know Um, and that's what three kilometers down the road you know so let alone you know a different island the nuances start to reveal themselves exactly Um, that's not to say that what we learn can't go as recommendations and and steer the the projects you know what i mean so um, so it's amazing but what we're doing feeds directly into the benefit of what for the benefit of waihiki in the long run uh, in a few years i'm hoping to see some kakariki it'd be amazing Uh, yeah Um, they they, they have been photographed here already yeah they have they have but i haven't seen 
seen one yet. No. Uh, Bellbirds, which I believe are on Matatapu yep. and occasionally seen on Rakino, so yep. they're not far away. Yep. I was on Rotoroa uh, uh, a couple of months ago and uh, saw my first uh, stitch bird and my 40th awesome. stitch bird all on the same yep. day. Yep. Um, actually, no, that's not true. I did see some stitch birds down in Alva Island on, on Stewart Island, um, now I think about it, but certainly the first North Island stitch bird I'd ever seen. Um, and these are just around us, and we go past them on the ferry every day 100%. at Motahee, Motatapu, yep. and really... Well, I mean, this, you know, even on these... Uh, the islands that you go past on the ferry every day on your way to Auckland are oh, got covered Kiwi. in kiwi. You know? I know, I know. Um, which which is is just incredible. We're really not far away from that, you know. And um, mm. yeah, as as you said, the the if. If anyone listening hasn't, um, take the opportunity to go to Tiri Tiri Martangi um, see what and we see, could what, have. see what we could have because mm. um, yeah, they they um, you know they managed to get their pest-free status a, a, mm. a good while ago now and mm. and since the the bird life there is under uh, you know the invertebrate life with the wetapunga, um, just a seriously healthy ecosystem over there now. So if anyone hasn't been over there, I, I implore you to get over there and and you know see see what what Wahiki could look like hopefully well, that, in, a, in a number of years time. Well, that's right, and and you touch on something which I meant to raise earlier but it, we're not just talking about birds because i've seen in our garden in ostend since my family's been baiting and there was the ostend trial a resurgence of weta mm-hmm. a resurgence of um invertebrates like skinks i think i'm not an expert in this but i think they're not the native skink um they're more the sort of common brown lizard that hangs around your back door on the concrete but but we never had those we yep. never had them until um, we got rid of the rats i mean to whatever extent we've got rid of rats you know and they'll be coming back the trials over you know but but at the same time the resurgence it's not just about birds it is about the wider ecosystem well, and more so than people even know i said so it's as you you know pointed out the invertebrates wetter um skinks geckos, geckos big one yeah, frogs i'm looking um, forward to those yeah which are awesome but also stuff like the the depth that goes much further so people were reporting in kennedy point for example after our trapping trial that they had actual fruit on their trees for the first time in years <laughs> they didn't realize they could have so much fruit on their trees you know or that they had plants that, or bushes that were flowering that they didn't realize would flower yeah and it goes even deeper than that um a, a, a healthy island ecosystem with no rats will actually create a healthier marine ecosystem around the island as well because the return of seabirds um, essentially the seabirds recycle nutrients from from the the land to the water they you know eat on land and they do their business over the sea um, and that nutrients um, is, is essentially fertilizer going into the ocean um, uh, so you yeah. see a healthier reef e- ecosystem yeah. you see a healthier um, you know coastal ecosystem yeah. Um, so yeah from literally seed to tree to, to you know reef to fish um, we, we think an increase of nutrients in the ocean is problematic sometimes but you're not the first environmentalist who's told me that the rat eradication supports the coastal seabird um, nesting and and the birth of chicks and the survival of chicks and then suddenly the whole i mean yeah well we know everything's interconnected don't we we know that life grew as an interconnected system and if we don't know that now we're not listening 
Um, so yeah, congratulations on the amazing mahi you've done, uh, Owen, and thank you very much for coming into Waihi Radio this morning and telling us about it. Be very keen to to get you back in as the New Year trials begin and when you and also yeah when you know where those trials are going to be if you want to let people know that they can get involved or or to expect an invite to be part of it um, then please let us know uh, and we'll get you back on air in January February whenever you're ready and and we'll take it to the next stage. Um, uh, Owen Tanner, thank you so much for your time this morning. Apologies for the technical issues earlier, but it was great to have, to, to 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 get it all on air, and uh, and I'm sure listeners are, are really appreciative that we stuck with it. So thank thanks you. very um, much. Thank you very much for having me. And in a, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in. Always happy to chat. And yeah, 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 yeah let's great, do it. absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Perfect. Owen Tanner, uh, the Rat Operations Manager from Tikoroa Waiheke. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Awesome. Thank you, Greg.